Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. We are still top of the league. We are still top of the league. It's the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. Me and Matt Vidal here with you until 9pm this evening with John McKenzie from All Stats on We. And we are joined this week by Marcus Stanway-Williams in the studio. How are you, Marcus? How are we doing, guys? Are you good? Yeah, I'm very well, very well. Good. I'm liking the double-barrelled surname. It's kind of a common theme in football nowadays. Very modern. (laughs) Yeah, there's a long story behind that. Long story behind that, mainly involving... um, yeah, it's, it's a long story. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to go into it, mate. Don't worry about it. it. No. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a short version over a beer, maybe. <laughs> John, are you well? I am well. Yeah. It's good to have you back. Yes, I am back. Of course, I was going to start with a everybody, <laughs> but I thought that could take far too long for both of you to go, what's he going on about? Of course, I have been away for the past two weeks, but I'm back with a vengeance and very much looking forward to chatting about the Derby game. But first, as always, John... The stat of the week. Yeah, this one comes from uh, one of our listeners, Guy Hall, um, who asked us about whether or not a team has ever gone up having um, scored more points away from home than at home. Um, and we've got we've gone back to 2005-6. The two teams that have been automatically promoted in the championship, none of them have actually scored more points uh, away from home than at home, which kind of makes sense. But Leeds at the moment um, have scored five points at home and 12 points away. So they have a ratio of, of 0.42 um, home and away, home to away. Most teams are above one. Um, and so that's that's my stat for this week. Leeds are currently scoring much more points away from home uh, than they are at home. And that is not a particularly good portent for teams going up at the end of the season. And no, So you're saying, so from 2005-06, no team who have been promoted have scored more points away from home than they have at home. Yeah. Wow. Any further back? Go no more research. I've, I've, only, got, back, I've no? only got okay. 2005, so I, I, okay. I, I, I wouldn't like to say. I'm sure. I'm sure it has <laughs> happened because there's a lot of history. I'm but, sure. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of football played yeah, over the past hundred not, years. Uh, in in modern football terms, you're not looking great if you if you score more points away from home than you do at home. 
But scoring more goals. So 10 goals away from home, just three at home. Of course, Huddersfield, I think, are the only team who have scored less at home this season. But no team has, of course, scored 10 goals away from home. So at least that's title winning form, Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the away form uh, benefits the players. I think they're a little bit more at ease. Um, being away from home, being away from that kind of voracious crowd, they can relax a bit and, and just focus on getting three points. And yeah, I guess really putting in a performance for the fans um, who travel all that way. Okay. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Um, I, I do hasten to add. I do think you know we've been we've been performing well enough at home for us to have won the games that we've been in. Um, there, there, there does seem to be maybe a psychological thing there. Or there does seem to be like the, the, a feeling of pressure being at home um, that they should be winning and, and and they aren't doing that. So I think that's how you read that data. And obviously, it's only eight games played so far. There's a long way to go. There's still a, a 46 game season, so it's unlikely that Leeds will be um, still pulling that sort of um, uh, ratio with their home and away points. But I, yeah. I I feel as though I should say that before nervous fans <laughs> flock to the studio to, to shout at us. But yeah, I think everything's going to be fine. Trust the process. Trust the process. There it is. We've <laughs> got to get the ding. I keep meaning to do that. Of course, those nervous fans, if you want to get in touch, very easy to do so. 0208 70 20 558. You can WhatsApp us on that number as well or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Plenty coming up today. We're going to look back to that draw with Derby, of course, the Spygate Derby. Then we're going to be speaking to Andy McVeigh. Very excited about that one. The Burley Banksy to hear what he has to say about his incredible artwork in and around the city of Leeds. We're going to be looking ahead at the games with Charlton and West Brom this week. And of course, the end, as always, your listener questions will be answered by Marcus and John at the end of the show. But gents, first, Derby. What on earth, what on earth (laughs) happened? How was that not three points? Yeah, same, same as always. You know, it's uh, it was frustrating. Um, we we did enough to win, uh, and and didn't do enough to win at the same time. And actually, what's the first game I think this season where I felt that we um, we ran out of steam with about fifteen minutes to go, um, and it it really impacted the game. You know, we we'd been playing a high press the whole way through. Had been looking in complete control. Derby were trying to play, play out the back constantly losing the ball um, and it wasn't until uh, Leeds dropped off a little bit um, weirdly enough after they brought on the two players who everyone had been clamoring for in Helda Costa and Eddie Nketiah and and Leeds sort of let the game slip a little bit from that point on um, I think probably uh, probably tiredness it, it may also have been the psychology of a missed penalty uh, but I mean it, it's just frustrating because that penalty goes in and you win 99% of the time and, and I think that was probably the psychological edge that, that Derby needed to get back in the game and Leeds dropped off and that was it. Mm, you mentioned Helder Costa there and Eddie and Ketia. Do you think they're going to be included now more so moving forward? I mean, I know Costa is probably going to come in for Pablo Hernandez moving forward, Marcus. Yeah, it looks like Costa's going to fit quite naturally into the, the kind of Hernandez role, that kind of creative playmaker. Um, Eddie is obviously one which the fans have been clamouring for. Uh, you hear the, the shouts of Eddie, Eddie, Eddie chanting around Ellen Road 60 minutes into the game when, when Bamford's not quite on it. So I think trying to incorporate Bamford and Eddie is the kind of ultimate situation where you can see this the kind of direct comparison on the pitch. Um, Eddie, I think, will be a longer one than, than Costa. I think Eddie's going to, I think he'll stick with Bamford initially, um, but I think Eddie, Eddie's not far off. Interesting quotes from Bielsa as well, who said it was the best 60 minutes, I think, that he's experienced in his time as Leeds manager, but perhaps the worst last 15 minutes in his time. I mean, he's come out and said that we shouldn't let this happen. 
but it did happen. It did. It was at the end of the game as well. We saw it against Swansea as well. Was it? I mean, look, it was a good move from Derby. I suppose it's quite cut and thrust. Max Lowe making up for his own goal, and he brought it in. And Patterson laid it off to Chris Martin, and a great finish. It was very quick mm. counter attack, but that shouldn't be happening, should it? Yeah, I think for me, what what was what was hard about that is it was the only shot they had on target, and you, you kind of think even even when you looked at the the shot, I think a lot of people think the shot was a lot easier than it was, mm. but it was it was quite far out. It was beyond the penalty spot. He had two players in front of him, and, and a lot of XG models rated it very low. I mean, most of the ones I saw were around 0.05, so that's like five five times out of a hundred he um, he's going to score that. So ninety five times out of a hundred he's going to miss it. So it was a tough chance, and he put it in. And I think the frustration is. That leads to creating good chances, and they're not and they're not causing uh, uh, problems for the oppositions. And then the the opposition are coming down, and, and it was the same with we saw it was with Swansea, right? They 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 sort of had that half chance at the box, and it went in. And and it it does feel as though the the luck is against us at the moment. And it just it seems I remember I was sitting in the pub after after the, after after that goal went in, and there's just nothing you can say because everything that we say is you know trust the process. <laughs> you can't be you can't be unlucky over and over and over again, and yet it, it happens again. Um, so yeah, I think you've got to balance off the fact that Leeds they they did start playing worse, like we said in the final fifteen minutes, um, but they didn't play badly enough to concede that goal. Um, and and it, you're still talking like a like we said like a one in twenty chance goal going in um, from the only chance they've had in the game. And it's just it's it's just an agglomeration an aggregation of all these um, of these little little half chances that that have just been sucker punching Leeds at the end of games. Is there still, an, I'm presuming there is still an air of positivity around the club. I mean, you were speaking to Martin Allen just earlier, the, the you know, ex-Championship League 1, League 2 manager, managed plenty of games in the Football League. And I was speaking to him on Posh Boys on Drive and he's adamant Leeds are going to win the title. He sees no question whatsoever that they're going to win. Yeah, I, I think I, I feel that way, and I think you know it would be it would be unfair if Leeds didn't go up after the two seasons they've they had, or the one they're having, and the one they had last season. Um, the the championship is a it's it's a league which invites um, unfairness in in many respects. But <laughs> for me, I think it's the it's the fact that having two years in a row where you deserve to to go up and you don't, I think that would be that would be really pushing pushing the luck of of, of unfairness, and and I, I I just can't see it happening again. Um, but you know, yeah, there's there's a level there's a level of positivity. We we are disappointed with the results, and yet we're still top of the table. And I think that's what you just have to go with. You have to say, you know, we're we're striving for perfection here. We should have won every game. We shouldn't have dropped any points. Um, we should be seven points clear at the top of the table, according to most Leeds fans. But we are still top of the table, and that's you know that's a starting place point to go from. And at some point, we're going to have a run where we do have that perfect run, where we win every game for a while, and we we do build up a little bit of a boot, uh, a buffer at the top. I think. So you just got, again, it's it's just about being patient and saying, you know, we've had eight games. In, if the next eight games we win all of them, it will be a completely different story after that time period. Everything will be forgotten. Absolutely. You look at Liverpool, I suppose, who perhaps aren't playing the best football at the moment, but still top of the Premier League. They're doing it without their first choice goalkeeper. Leeds are top of the league, like you say, without perhaps playing their best football. If you can go on that run, and we had the Chelsea fan show on before you guys, and they're playing some good football in their mind but actually not getting the results but they're happy so you've got the sort of two sides of it where perhaps you're not playing the great football but you're up there and then you're playing the great football but not up there that's just why we love football isn't it Marcus yeah I think the the quality of the football has has been fantastic I think no Leeds fan could look at the team that's playing and the way they're playing and think this is not entertaining um, if the performances started to slip and certain key players seemed off it and we weren't creating the chances that, that we have been, I think that would be a cause for concern. But I think just sticking with that that process, which Bielsa 
yeah mentioned time and time again uh, and just just trusting that if the performances continue the results will follow there is something i've not mentioned as well fellas that we have to touch upon i feel like i'm i'm surrounded by fifa royalty in the studio now because of course the fifa fair play award was given to leeds united this week now we talked about this on posh boys because are leeds fans happy with this are you slightly embarrassed by this are you annoyed by this what are your thoughts on the award being given to the club what would be what would be embarrassed well someone raised the point that you'd be embarrassed because of the the way that it came about the fact that spygate came about and then the goal was given of course against uh, against aston villa and did fifa were fifa aware of spygate you know there's so many conspiracy theories coming out but i mean are you happy i mean it was it was named as marcelo bielsa and Leeds united have won the fifa fair play award yeah. i think you know, the thing about Marcelo Bielsa is that he is, of all the football managers you'll come across, probably one of the most articulate and, and thoughtful managers. Um, and I think everything that he does, he he think he, he thinks about it to, a, to an extent that no other manager really does. Uh, and so regardless of how people feel about what happened at Spygate, um, Marcelo Bielsa doesn't think that he did anything wrong. Mm. And, and, you know, there's there's a sense in which that's true. Like He didn't break any rules the, the 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 rule that they actually had to trot out in order to get him for the afl was was a was a, a good faith ruling that exists so that people don't join the league and then pull out right at the end uh, right right at the beginning of the season mm. so it's really got nothing to do with that so i think it's easy for i think there's been a lot of commentators in the british media who don't like the idea of of, of a manager coming in and being heralded as as, as quite the messiah that, that Bielsa has been um, cited. And we see that a lot, actually, as a side point. Um, we see a lot of managers making out that when they beat Leeds, so if they, even if there's a smash and grab, we saw it with um, Steve Cooper at mm. Swansea, we saw it a little bit with Koku as well, where they come out and they say, well, you know, we did have tactical, we had a tactical approach and it worked, therefore I'm a, I'm a better tactician than Marcelo Bielsa. I think that there is that, there's a feeling that people want to get a one-up on, on this team because there's, there is that narrative about them. Um, I think for Leeds fans, to answer your question, I think they, 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 they kind of find it funny, maybe, mm. because I, I think there's, there's a mentality at Leeds now that it's sort of us kind of versus everyone else I don't, and I don't know whether or not that's nece- I, don't, I don't necessarily feel that way I don't know if you do as well Marcus but I think when, when the same thing has happened this week with, with the stuff that's happened at Derby County um, so I think there's a feeling that everyone wants Leeds to do badly and then people want Leeds to do badly and then these things happen like the Fair Play Award and then, and then Derby have this, have this um, I mean obviously a horrific incident but uh, as one as one of my friends says, if you sit by the river long enough, the, the bodies of your dead will float past, and that's how I think that's how a lot of Leeds fans feel about this. They feel vindicated because they're like, you know, we didn't really do anything wrong, and and look, FIFA are here to tell us, you know, to, to make that it is the case, then we didn't do anything wrong. Good points, well made. There. <laughs> just just lastly on the the Derby game, Spygate obviously was a massive issue last week. Different manager, different players. Was there any bite? Was there any ill feeling? Did it carry over to this season? Yeah, I, th- I think this one was was built up mainly by yeah Derby County and fans as a as a our biggest rivals. It was built up to be a very bo- box office game, and I think Leeds were trying to approach it as as just another fixture. Um, inevitably, there yeah the, the 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 this perceived rivalry comes into it. But from watching the match, it didn't feel as if the players were particularly playing or having any demons of of the obviously what happened back in May. Um, I thought that the the performance was really good. I don't think that I don't necessarily think that it came into it. To answer your question really simply, no. I don't think I don't think the rivalry is as big as as people make out it to be. 
Lovely stuff. Well, this is Le- the Leeds United fan show, sorry, on Love Sport. We're going to be speaking to the Burley Banksy next. Love Sport. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Leeds United fan show with me, Matt Beadle, and John McKenzie of All Stats, aren't we? Joined this week in the studio by Marcus Stanway Williams. We are now going to be joined by an artiste. For what is art? Is art art? Are we art? On the line now, we have Andy McVeigh, the burly Banksy. And Andy, how are you doing? Hey, up, lads. How are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. I hear, I hear you've just tucked into uh, a nice spicy little dish. Yes, I've just been in this Malaysian restaurant in Edinley. Um, I'll warn you now, I've had a couple of pints. I get drunk on three. So, um, but I'm fine. I'm stood outside in the street um, and it's freezing. But that's cool. <laughs> okay, well, is, is paintbrush in hand, mate? No, mate. No, mate. Not, uh, it's been raining all day today. I did some yesterday. Um... I had about two people threatened to beat me up because they thought I was vandal. Um, and I, and I, they kept running up going, I've got your reg, I've got your reg. And I'm going, no, it's me. I'm Block who paints the Leeds one. Block, it's white. It's white. And I'm going, oh, right, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a weird couple of weeks. <laughs> well, Andy, I mean, for those, for those listening who aren't aware of who you are, and of course you are now, you're out, you are the Burley Banksy, you're not hiding your identity. We do know that Andy McVeigh does exist as the Burley yeah, Banksy. At yeah, night, I do, you come out and you, 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 yeah. paint, you paint your things. Can you just explain yeah. who you are, what it is you do, and how it's gone over the past few months? I'm a primary school teacher from Leeds. Um, I started painting electricity boxes for reasons that I'm not even sure myself. <laughs> um, and I did a lot of Leeds ones and people really liked them. And then some very strange man decided to deface them all, as you're probably aware, um, and paint them all black and sent these really weird, creepy emails. Um, and then it all kind of went a bit mental. Um, and Leeds fans have been amazing and they've like said we want them to be repainted. And I didn't realise how much people liked them. Um, and then Leeds have now commissioned me to repaint them. It's, it's, it's bonkers, mate. It's bonkers, Matt. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, it's John. How you hey, doing? Hey, John. How yeah, are you? Good, good to talk to you finally. Um, you met Marcelo Bielsa on, uh, on the weekend. Tell us about that. I, it was amazing. Um, you know, I'm too old to get excited about meeting football players, I think. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? But um, even I, when Bielsa went past, I just sort of stood with my boy who's 16, and we both just went, <laughs> We kind of made this high-pitched noise, which I'm, I could take that fan, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and we had a picture with him, and it was it was just... I, I read him a little note in Spanish that I'd Google translated. So I thought, <laughs> I'm never going to get I'm never get this chance again, am I? What did it say, and Andy? He said, I think, it said, thank you for giving us our pride back in our club, because I know that's a bit soppy and a bit cheesy, but he has, hasn't he? Mm. He's... He's amazing, isn't he? And I just thought, I've got to have this chance to tell him. And we got halfway through, and there's like word with 20-odd letters in it, and I couldn't say it. And he sort of, <laughs> he sort of chuckled. <laughs> he sort of chuckled, and he said, congratulations on art, or something like that. <laughs> um, he said, I think he knew who I was. How mad, how mad is that? <laughs> and he took the notes, and he, he kept it with him, according to James, the, uh, James Mooney. He said he kept the note, and me and Dan had a little picture and it, it was just, you know, it was just as you imagine, totally focused. You know, he had the picture, he shook our hand, he said thank you, and then he was like, had to get back, have to focus. Do you know what I mean? Just just as 
just as you imagine him to be, really. It was amazing. My question, um, my question from from then is, uh, what what do you think the the, dif- the difference is now that you are you're sort of sanctioned by the cl- the club to do this stuff? Does it does it change the way that you approach things? Is, is it is it um, a slightly different um, experience for you now when you go around painting these boxes? Well, yeah, I, I must admit, I feel a bit. I'm not an artist, so I've never done any art before. I'm a I was a PE teacher, so, you know, used to do all the after school sport and stuff. Um, I must admit now, I'm thinking, oh, God, this has got to be good. Sorry, Andy, you'd never <laughs> done any art before, before you decided no. to do these paintings. So what was the inspiration and where did it come from? <clears throat> it's, it's a bit of a... I don't know. I was, I, I was struggling a bit, I suppose, you know. Um, you know, Phil did an article on it, Phil A, and, um, you know, life throws a lot of stuff at you, doesn't it? And a lot of things came at the same time, and my little niece would die in, and my dad... My mum got cancer and something happened to my dad and my mate. My mate Scott um, killed himself, bless him. And I was struggling a little bit, you know, and and I just, I don't know, I just found that painting sort of, I don't know, it's a bit therapeutic, I suppose. Um, you can either sit in and be miserable, can't you, and mm. struggle a bit. Or I thought, well, I did a couple of them and I thought, well, I felt a bit better afterwards. And people liked them and you're doing something a bit positive when you're feeling a bit rubbish. Um, and it just sort of went from there, really. Um, I don't know; it's hard to explain. It's... No, I man, I can I completely understand it. Have you got Have you got a favourite that you've done, or ones that you're planning to do? Well, most of the favourites got um, covered in black paint. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, um, isn't it? Absolutely absurd. We were just joking about that before you came on air, actually. In that, God forbid, someone wants to have a bit of fun and brighten up the place. I, I, it was bizarre, and it, it got a little bit sinister when he, he started emailing my bands. I play in a band, um, the Reeds, available for weddings, parties, and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> um, and he, he emailed the band um, email with the same kind of sinister stuff and calling me a middle-class prat, which is you know a bit weird when I live in a back-to-back terrace house. But, you know, I've gone up a social scale, that's all right. <laughs> um, but he also he set up a Twitter account to follow just me, and it, the police are dealing with it at the moment, so because um, it's you know classed as harassment and all that. But I don't know why he'd do it. His reasons changed with every email. His reasons for doing it changed within the same sentence. So you know, I think I, we're not, we won't work out why he did it. But um, every everyone has loved it. People, I've had people coming up to me this week when I've been repainting them, saying, you know, I'm a resident of Beeston and Albeck, and I don't even like football. I'm not a Leeds United fan, but I love yeah. them. Andy, you know, I've, I've I've got a question for you. So, so Banksy, the the real Banksy, he he's been anonymous <laughs> for twenty years. They don't know who he yeah. is. They, he's a, a hidden identity. So, yeah. is Burley Banksy? Is that is that self proclaimed name or? No, it was a mate taking the taking the Mickey. I'm trying not to swear it. <laughs> yeah, please, please mate, take, he, he said he said you're like a rubbish Banksy, Andy. He said <laughs> you know you're like you're from Burley. You, you've got no money. You're like he's a millionaire, I presume, isn't he? He said you're like a you know, a rubbish bank. <laughs> it was just a Mickey take. And then he said, well, you're going to have to put some on these boxes to say who's done them. So I, I just wrote Burley Banksy one day when we were laughing about it. Um, you know, and it, <laughs> it's a bit self-deprecating. Do you know what I mean? It this bloke was saying, this so-called Burley Banksy, this, this guy. And I was like, you know what, mate, it was just a Mickey take. It was just, you know. <laughs> Andy, mate, it's been great having you on, boss. Just before we let you get back to your pints and your curry, um, yeah. just your thoughts on how the season has gone so far and your dreams. Do you think this is going to be the season that Leeds United return to the Premier League? It has to be, doesn't it? It's 
if we don't make it this year, I'm not sure we will make it, you know, for quite a long time. It has to be. We're the best team in the league. I think that goes without saying. The football we're playing is unbelievable. I can't believe at times I sit there with my boy and he goes to me, Dad, why have we turned into Barcelona? And I go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. You know, five years ago, it was, it was dross, wasn't it? Um, but, you know, even if we don't make it, it's still been the best two years. It will have been the best two years. I've watched Leeds in, what, 15 years? And it, it's been unbelievable. And I think, I think we'll do it. Good. I'm scared. I'm scared to hope. You know, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? <laughs> um, and, you know, we don't get much luck leads, do we? But I think we'll do it. And if we do, build a statue to Marcelo and, you know. And then you can it paint in. it, mate. You can paint it. <laughs> and I'll paint it. Stick in, stick in City Square and I'll paint it. <laughs> Andy, thank you very much for joining us, boss. All right, mate. No worries. Cheers. Cheers. That was Andy McVeigh, the burly Banksy, who you can find on Twitter at Pants Danny. I thought not best to ask him why he chose that name, <laughs> considering the fact he's had a couple of pints. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, great. It's uh, it's a really good story, isn't it? It's um, it's nice to see the the club doing something. I think in terms of the community, uh, and 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 being, I think, very forthright. They've come out. And they've they've been quite proactive, and they've and they've got they they. They they basically stamped it on the head as soon as this the, these sort of sinister emails were coming out, and it it was nice to see them. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bringing him into the club, making him yeah. almost part of the club. Uh, and, and, and we haven't seen that for, for a long time, I don't think, at least. Yeah, I was saying just, just generally, when you look around streets, you see... You see post boxes, you see utility boxes, you see telephone boxes that aren't really used a lot anymore. So it's actually nice to see something productive done with them, I suppose. Yeah, indeed it is. And I'm a big fan of graffiti, but I'm not a fan of just tagging and just dirty rubbish, almost, I don't know whether you can call it vandalism, just for the sake of writing over something. The fact that it can be something nice and attractive to look at is wonderful. Right, we're going to look ahead to the games against Charlton and West Brom this week on the Leeds United Fan Show on Love Sport. This is Love Sport. This is Love Sport and the Leeds United Fan Show with me, Matt Beadle, and John McKenzie of All Stats, Aren't We? Joined this week by Marcus Stanway Williams. And I am positively giddy because right now we are joined by Love Sport royalty, a Love Sport legend by the name of James Sherwood, who, of course, is a Charlton Athletic fan, the team that Leeds face in the Lee Bowyer Derby this week. James, how the devil are you? Hello, sweet cheeks. <laughs> oh, Mate, not on live radio. You're not supposed to call me that on live radio. <laughs> I feel like you're cheating on me tonight. They're back in the opposition this evening. Well, mate, listen, it is a big game, of course. It has been labelled the Lee Bowyer Derby. Charlton, without a win in two after that impressive start to the season, you are hosting Leeds United at the Valley. 
What are your thoughts ahead of the game, boss? Uh, it's going to be a tough game, but it's that old cliche, isn't it, in the championship that anyone can beat anyone. And I think even the Leeds manager, Bielsa, has said that this week. You know, there isn't really as such weak teams in the championship. And it's even been proven um, that this evening, Nottingham Forest, I believe, can go top, right, if they win that game against Stoke. And they just about stole a draw at the Valley at the beginning of the season. So it really shows you how topsy-turvy the league can be. And then since then, we've gone and lost to both Birmingham and Wigan. Hmm. Well, you mentioned actually that game. Forest currently 1-0 down against Stoke at the Bay 365. Lee Gregory putting Stoke 1-0 up after 10 minutes. They're, of course, searching for their first win of the season. Hi, James. John here. I was, hey, John. Yeah, I was at the um, the Brentford game, actually, at the Valley, um, where you, you did a bit of a smash and grab against Brentford. Um, obviously, Leeds have, have been a little bit susceptible to the smash and grab this season. So how, how are you feeling about that? Is that is that the way that, that Charlton are going to beat Leeds? Is it, is it going to be sitting deep and then hoping to catch them late on? I don't think so. I'm not sure if you caught it, but Bowyer in his press conference has um, likened Leeds United to Manchester City. He has said, you know, probably the best team in the league it's inevitable. If you sit back, at some point, they are probably going to score. Mm-hmm. So Boya, um, from the sound of things, the noises that he's making, is going to go out there and try and play his game um, and put out a team to beat Leeds United. The only issue is it's going to be a team minus Lyle Taylor, which is a huge issue for Cholton. Yeah, James, uh, Marcus here. So, so who do you think brings that kind of creativity? Is it Johnny Williams? Is he someone who can, who can have that creativity when you're going toe-to-toe with Leeds? Oh, well, listen, Johnny Williams on his day is one of the best players at championship level. He proved that, um, you know, many seasons ago in that promotion winning Crystal Palace team. Um, And I think we've even seen glimpses of it this season. Yeah, he's had four Um, four assists already. Yeah, hopefully he can stay fit for us. But since Lyle Taylor's been injured, we haven't scored a goal. Um, Even looking at the last couple of games against Birmingham and Wigan, statistically, um, we haven't even performed well. You know what I mean? We've not caused problems really in the final third. It's not only Taylor's goals, but it's his work rate. It's his movement off of the ball, which creates space for other players. And unfortunately, I'm not sure if there's anybody else in the squad to step up and fill that void. I know uh, Tom Ahmed has started the last couple in his absence, but he doesn't have the same kind of mobility as Taylor. And that seems to open up opportunities for particularly the midfielders in the team. James, saying all of that, would you have taken it at the start of the season that Charlton, as things stand after eight games, sit in eighth place? Just those two defeats. Considering the start that you've had, would you be happy with that? Oh, mate, of course. Absolutely. We've had a phenomenal start. um, And I think a lot of fans, Charlton fans, need to understand that as well. A lot of them are saying, oh, God, it's all over now and it's going to be terrible. Um, But... From the first, uh, is it six, seven games now we've had? Um, eight games, sorry. Um, yeah, to only take um, a couple of defeats and to have 14 points on the board it is fantastic. It's kind of dreamland for Charlton fans when you think about the fact that uh, I think in the end it was 14 players that have come in, but of those 14 players, only one was actually paid a fee for. So not only has Bowyer had to juggle many new faces coming into the squad, he's also done it with no money. Um, so to have so many points on the board early on is absolutely fantastic. The only issue is, if you look at the fixtures coming up, sorry, I know this is the Leeds show and I'm kind of going <laughs> off on a Charlton tangent here, but the next fixtures coming up, obviously it's Leeds tomorrow, then it's Swansea, Fulham, Derby, Bristol City, 
West Brom. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you, you could look at November and go, oh, Jesus, no points. <laughs> Sorry, November, October. <laughs> James, just one uh, question about tactics, actually. Um, I've been, yep. I run a, a tactics thread on our, on our channel uh, every week, so I've been watching a few of the Charlton games. You play a 4-4-2 with a midfield diamond, kind of. Um, yep. I w- that, that, sort of, that sort of formation is quite susceptible to being attacked down the wide areas because it's quite narrow. Do you think that, that uh, you're going to st- stick with that formation given that Leeds are quite dangerous and they attack down the, the, down the wide areas? Well, I mean, Boya seems to prefer it and you're right, it does leave you exposed on the wits. And in fact, a lot of fans have been getting on the back um, of the fullbacks in our team in recent weeks, because of course we've been losing. Um, we, Adam Matthews has been playing a few games at under 23 level. He's another free transfer that's come in, and I know a lot of people are asking for him to get his chance. But you're right, I mean, it's very difficult for the fullbacks. Um, one of the games we lost, um, Darren Prattley wasn't playing, who is also quite fundamental to that system, uh, sitting in front of and protecting the back four. Um, I'm assuming Prattley will start tomorrow. Also, Jason Pearce is supposed to be back in the team after missing a couple of games. Uh, again, Naby Sarr took some slating online. Uh, I'm, I'm a member of a few Charlton fans groups, and you know it's very interesting how the atmosphere quickly changes after a couple of defeats. James, mate, before you go, can I get a quick score prediction from you? Uh, mate, I think I've seen you a couple of times already early on in the season, and like every game, <laughs> I'll take a point if you offered it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're having a point. Fair enough, mate. I like that. I like I'll that. Take a point. Nice. Okay. James Sherwood, mate, it has been nothing but a pleasure as always. Thank you for joining us. That was James Sherwood, Love Sport presenter, of course, and big Charlton fan. He reckons it's a point for Charlton this week against Leeds. A quick word on Lee Bowyer, gents, and the fact that this is, uh, you're not going to call it the Lee Bowyer derby, but he was a big player for Leeds back in the day. Yeah, it was, and it's been great actually seeing how well he's adapted to, to management. Um, it, as, as I said before, you know, I, I've watched a few of Charlton's games. I went to the Valley a couple of times this season already as well, um, and he seems to be really quite tactically flexible. Um, he responds well to opposition um, um, opposition teams when they're dangerous. And I think that's that can be a, a really good quality to have in a manager for a team like Charlton who've just come up and they want to stay in the division. He's been speaking plenty about his time, hasn't he, prior to the game, the big moment at AC Milan, the 91st minute <laughs> yeah. goal. All of those memories come flooding back. Just quickly, a score update from the Bet365. It is not looking good for a certain Jack Butland who has spilled across against Nottingham Forest. Lewis Graben not really causing him any pressure at all, but Butland has spilled the cross and Joe Lolly has smashed it in. It's now Stoke 1, Nottingham Forest 1. Of course, after the Charlton game, Leeds then faced West Brom. Delighted to say we've got Grant Harrison, season ticket holder for the Baggies, on the line now. How are you doing, Grant? Is Grant with us? Hello. Hello, Grant. There you are, boss. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. What are your thoughts ahead of the game against Leeds? Um, looking forward to it, really. It's been an interesting start for the Albion, um, being undefeated. I mean, there's a tough game for us against QPR first tomorrow, but no, it should be a, it should be an interesting one. You've hi, Grant. It's John. Um, you've brought in a lot of players this season, um, and I'm just interested to know how how much you think that's impacted you uh, negatively at the beginning of the season, and how you think it's going to change going forward. Is it is it going to are you slowly going to build on on those players and uh, and look quite strong towards the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, if you look at the, t- the team that the Albion put out when we um, we were destroyed by Leeds at Ellen Road at the back end of last season, um, the team's changed dramatically. Um, and I, I think that team's just going to continue to grow and grow. I mean, a lot of the key players for us so far this season, um, Romain Sawyers, 
um, Mateus Pereira, Grady Diangana. Um, they're all sort of finding their feet at the Albion, but I think the more they the more they play under Bilic, the more settled they get in the system, the better better talk, will be. Talk to us a little bit about Filip Krivinovic. Um, I, he's a player that I've watched and quite keenly in in the games that he's played. How important is he to to what the Albion do at the moment? Krivinovic is an interesting one, really. I mean, he's the one that I didn't really mention there. Of the sort of big names, some signings that we made. Um, watching him in pre-season, I was really impressed. He was somebody that sort of got between the lines. Um, of attack in midfield and offered something that I don't think Albion have had for a long while, mm. particularly under Pulis and then subsequently under Darren Moore last season. Um, the past few games, though, unfortunately, he's sort of been in and out of the side, um, been a bit better coming off the bench, but playing Krivinovic and Sawyers at the same time hasn't really been working for, for the Albion. Um, Krivinovic seems to enjoy coming deep and dictating play, which obviously Sawyers is in the team to do. So we've looked a bit more effective with uh, Mateus Pereira playing the 10, really. Go on. Hi, it's, uh, it's Marcus here. So obviously last season, West Brom leads uh, two very good fixtures. One very good home fixture for West Brom and one very good home fixture for, for Leeds. Do you see the same this season? Do you see lots of lots of goals in in this game and then the, the return? Um, I would think so, judging by how um, how the Albion's games have gone so far. It's been sort of both teams to score in every single game for the Albion. Um, I mean, we've come from behind in all but the Millwall game at home. So I imagine there's going to be plenty of goals in it. I mean, Huddersfield at the weekend was the first time we've really exploded and scored four so far in the season. Um, and that's all without the strikers really contribu- contributing. I mean, there's not been a lead goal from an Albion striker so far this season. Um, but I think that that's due to change soon. And Charlie Austin looked a lot more promising um, against Huddersfield on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, there definitely should be goals in the games. I'm going to do something that's terrible. I'm going to steal Marcus's fact. About <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a bit of fact stealing, John. <laughs> he was telling me before the before we came on air that um, when when um, West Ham were looking for a manager before they got Bilic, they were approaching Mar- Marcelo Bielsa. Um, but at the time, Bielsa was was still finalising a deal with with Marseille to stay on, um, and he obviously then left after after a, a, a game of the next season. So it could have been that um, it was Marcelo Bielsa at West Ham rather than than. Bilic. But talk to us a little bit about Bilic. How do you? Because Marcus was saying he feels as though they are almost cut from the same cloth. That he's just, he's quite um, outspoken. He's quite an intelligent guy. He's also um, quite philosophical. How, how how have you enjoyed having Bilic as a manager? Yeah, Bilic has been uh, he's been a bit of a brush, bre- uh, breath of fresh air, if I can speak. Um, so far this season, it's nice to have a guy that seems incredibly passionate about being at the club and. He's got the lads playing um, playing some good football, really. I mean, Darren Moore last season with Graham Jones as his assistant had us playing um, playing quite an open style. I think despite the goals we've conceded, um, Bill just got us looking a bit more solid um, at the back. And there actually seems to be a, be a bit of a midfield that we're playing with so far this season, which um, was sorely lacking under the Moore-Jones partnership. Um, so it's looking promising so far under Bill. He seems to have really um, been taken to by the fans, which... Despite him being a club legend, there was always murmurings of discontent under Darren Moore, even quite early on in his reign. So it's been um, been a promising start with, I think, a lot more to come from Bilic and the lads. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to suggest Bilic operates on the quite the same astral plane as, as Bielsa, <laughs> but I, uh, I can imagine those two getting on quite nicely, both magnanimous in yeah in victory and defeat. So I, I can imagine... A, yeah, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall in, yeah. the, in the post-game chat. <laughs> Grant, just before you go, boss, a quick score prediction from you. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go 2-1 leads, but I think it will be a tight one. I don't think it'll be as open a game as it was at Elland Road um, at the end of last season, hopefully from an Albion perspective anyway. Um, but yeah, 2-1 leads, I think.
2-1 leads. Grant, thanks for joining us. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. OK, that was Grant Harrison, season ticket holder at West Brom. So from the two coilers, gents, we've got Leeds getting four points out of these two fixtures. <laughs> so you'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. But I think it may come the other way around, if I'm honest. Do you really? Yeah, I think so. Go on. Elaborate, I think we'll beat. I think we'll beat Charlton. I think we'll beat them quite comfortably. Um, am I allowed to say that? So yes, you are. Sorry, I thought you meant you were going to be the other way around in terms of the fact that you would you'd be losing. I would be losing. No, yeah. no, no, no. Crikey! No, no. I think we'll be we'll be beating Charlton and we'll be we'll be drawing with 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 West Brom. Is that is that better for you? That's better. Yeah, that right. is much better. Positivity <laughs> is all we want on this Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. We've got listener questions coming up next. Love Sport. It's Love Sport Radio and the Leeds United fan show. Me, Matt Biddle, here with John McKenzie of All Stats, aren't we? Joined this week by Marcus Stanway-Williams. And it's time now to hear what you guys have had to say. It is listener questions time. The first one is about Mr Stuart Dallas. This has been sent in by Billy Reid. Now, we know Dallas has had a great start to the season, but has he played so well that he should be a guaranteed starter? Or is, this is an interesting one, because there's been a lot of chat about Stuart, Stuart Dallas. Is he being overhyped, John? Yeah, so Josh Hobbs ran some ran some um, some of the data for for us this week on on Stuart Dallas and his yeah his his metrics are, are brilliant. He's 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 smashing everything really. He's uh, he's pretty much up there with the best uh, fullbacks in in the in the league at the moment. Um, the question I think really is complexified by the fact that that Luke Ayling is on his way back. Like Luke Ayling is being club captain. I don't know if he still is. is. Is he still? I don't think he is. But he has he has been a leader in the team. Um, he's he was a very good player for us last season. So we're we're faced with one of those um, rare, rare occurrences actually that when it comes to Leeds of, of having two very good players in the same position. How do we how do we deal with that? Um, I think we should stick with Dallas. I think he's been I think he's been fantastic. He's linked up particularly well with with Pablo Hernandez. Um, our right side has been very dangerous. So for me, I would stick with Dallas. We do do the Brentford fan show on this very station as well. And I have to say earlier this week, they were reflecting on the fact that they let Dallas go. And they mm. think, crikey, do you know what? Maybe, maybe we should have just kept faith with him because we may even see him next summer in the European Championships mm. as well, well for Scotland. Dallas used to be a, a left winger mm. and then dropped into left back and then was fitted in at right right back yeah. when we've had He's Luke kind Hailing of the, the perfect Bielsa player, really, isn't he? Mm. One who's been taken from his natural position and then moulded into this sort of right back and just storms down the wing yeah it's really interesting with with Janiel Oski as well because that was the same with him it's it, it's 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 weird now thinking of them I just naturally think of them as both mm. as, as fullbacks when they, they were both brought in to be sort of wide attacking players so mm. yeah but that's that's the Bielsa thing isn't it in 28 now I believe as well Dallas one of those players who's sort of coming into the the peak of his career and you always used to say it was late 20s but he's really starting to play well now we're going to move on now the, from the splendidly named H40 how do you pronounce his first name H I'm presuming that is that's his Twitter handle I think so oh he is has it really no, he has like a weird symbol as a oh okay. I don't know how you pronounce it very so. similar to at Pants Danny as <laughs> uh, a theme this this week on the show he's asking about the standard of the championship this season the often repeated narrative that the championship currently has the weakest collection of teams in, the, in years is being trotted out daily Marcus is there any statistical data that backs that view well, the, the man's talk stats is probably sat to the to the left of me, but yeah, there is this kind of assumption that the the prim the sorry the championship is somehow weaker this year. And I uh, I think we we pulled up the tables from from this time last year and this time um, this time obviously this season. Uh, and on the face of it, it's still very tight at the top. Some of the teams, West Brom, yeah, West Brom leads both teams that are that are right up there. Um, I personally can't see anything to say that the league is less less any less than it was last year 
Yeah, just looking at the tables now. So last season, the Leeds were top of the table with 18 points. This season, they're top of the table with 17 points. If you look at the gap down to Sheffield United last season uh, in the top six, so Sheffield United was six. That's 13 uh, points for them. So that's five points behind Leeds. This season in six places, Nottingham Forest, and they are only two points behind Leeds. So it suggests, actually, if you if you follow the, the table down, it's, it's all very similar. Um but actually, it, it seems as though it's a lot tighter at the top this season than it was last season. Um, in terms of the statistics, we, we talked a little bit about this. It's very, very hard to, to do anything heuristically interesting comparing um, teams, the way that teams are playing one season versus how they're playing in another. So so we haven't even attempted to do that. But if anything, it, it feels as though this, this league is, is, is tight. I mean, obviously, Leeds fans will claim Leeds should be seven points higher at this point because they, they should have won the games <laughs> they're in. But... Um, uh, that if that is the case, then it doesn't look as though the the rest of the league is any weaker than it was last season. I think it's a very easy argument, isn't it, to trot out that the championship is is weaker. There's always a narrative behind that kind of mm. stat. And the good thing is, this time last season, Leeds were top. This time this season, Leeds are top. And interesting as well, like the teams that did go up um, that last season were were Sheffield United and Norwich. Sheffield United at six at this point mm. last season, and Norwich were twelfth. So. It's it's and and Villa again seventh they dropped right off and then came back up so at this point of the season it's very hard to say what is or isn't going to happen and going on those stats it will be Forest who are sixth and Fulham that are twelfth yeah. that will go up this season but we hope that not be the case right we're going to move on now to Lee Bowyer Matt Keating has sent in his question thank you Matt odds on Bowyer being a future Leeds manager in brackets he's put a little disclaimer hopefully not as soon as next season. Yeah, but un- unfortunately, that could be the case. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't want to turn this question into what happens when Bielsa leaves. <laughs> what happens when Bielsa leaves? Um, yeah, yeah. No one wants Bielsa to go, but it, it, there really is there really is an interesting question. Uh, what happens after after you lose one of the the best ma- well, one of the best managers Leeds have ever had in their history uh, in the hundred years? Um, Lee Bowyer, I think, would be a. If you ignore the fact that Bielsa has been here, I think Lee Bowyer would be a, a fairly decent option, a, a manager. I think I'd be quite, from what I've seen, I've, I mentioned before, I think he's quite tactically flexible. Um, a bit of a reactive manager, as I mentioned. I'm not sure whether or not I'd want that at Leeds, maybe want someone who's a little bit more proactive. Um, but that could just be because he's at Charlton where he has to be reactive to a certain extent. So, yeah, I wouldn't be averse to the idea of, 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 of Bowyer. Yeah, I, I, I think. Um Obviously, at Leeds at the moment, you've got Carlos Corbran who who's managing the the under twenty threes, and Bielsa seems to have kind of instilled a a kind of a style and a, a style of play throughout the entire club, and that stems down from the first team. Um, so I think he would probably be the the natural successor, Carlos Corbran. Uh, Libo, yeah, yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I can't see that. Is he? I mean, you mentioned out of the past hundred years that he's one of the best. Is he your favourite Leeds manager that has been in charge in your time supporting the club? The pair of you. 100%, yeah. yeah. No, really, no question. No question. He's my favourite manager ever, so and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm biased in these things. But yeah, yeah I, I think just taking it back to the, um, obviously there was the talk of this FIFA, this FIFA Player Play Award. Uh, the way Bielsa spoke about it is that he described Spygate and all of the fuss around that as, as a tile on his 30-year kind of mosaic of a career. And I think if you look at Bielsa in that sense, he, he is, yeah, a truly remarkable individual who has kind of been dragged through the mire a bit earlier in earlier last season. Um, but just th- that span of career, yeah, it's, it's, 
Very you you mentioned before that, that someone had described Leeds as as the uh, just Lee Boater to dis- describe them as the Man City of the Championship, basically, and that that for me is why he's brilliant. Like uh, people ask all the time, what would happen if Guardiola managed like a, a, a worse club? Mm. Um, we won't ever know because he won't ever do it. But Marcelo Bielsa has done that, mm. um, and that's what would happen if Guardiola managed a lower league team. It would be what Leeds are doing this season. I don't think there's a dislike as well. As much as opposing fans might, the really angry opposing fan in a match might give him a bit of abuse and might say outside of a game, I can't stand that Bielsa bloke. But I would bet nine times out of ten when you ask a fan on the street, not a Leeds fan, what do you think of Bielsa? They'll probably say, you know what, good for the game. He's good value. He's a good laugh. And he's honest. That's the key thing here. He's honest. Actually, we're going to finish on what we started with the Fair Play Award and the fact that we're talking about Bielsa. This one's been sent in from Barney and I like this question, Barney. After seeing Bielsa winning the Fair Play Award, are we seeing Leeds becoming a global brand? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, isn't it? I think I certainly think that the club have done a lot to uh, think about what their brand is, is like, um, particularly since Andrea radrizzani has been in the club. And uh, interestingly, links back to what um, Andy was telling us about what, what the way that they've dealt with him. There's a real um, think. There's a real careful thinking about what the place that the club has within the community. Now that comes from Bielsa, and that's what that's what Marcus was saying. You know, there's a there's a real holistic approach that you get with with Bielsa where it's not just that he's going to try and get the first team to win he's going to improve your training facilities he's going to um, he's going to make sure that the, the under 23s are good he's going to make sure the under 18s are good he's going to get all of the players off the books who he doesn't think should be there um, and that that this just um, I think runs into it it's this idea that football it's a pleasure to play football um, it's a pleasure to represent an area and represent people who work hard to be able to support a club um, and, and that's where the fair play comes from it's, 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 it's this idea that everything that we do should be done in the right way there is a right way to do everything and that 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 goes all the way down to the the tea lady that goes down to the guys cleaning the boots the guy who's mowing the lawns on the on the training pitches um and it's really it's really nice to see i think and that's what a lot of the, the fans have got behind of this idea of like like uh, andy again said he said thank you for giving us pride in our club again that's mm, that's that come from that's come from marcelo bielsa saying if we're going to do this we're going to do this properly we're going to do it properly at every level and no one is no one is bigger than the club that is the that's the 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 phrase that everyone trots out but he's he's done it he's made it so that that's not the case mm. so indeed I'd like to talk more about Marcelo Bielsa as we want to on every single Leeds United fan show. But, fellas, we have come to the end of this week's show. We're going to be back on. Thank you, Marcus. Stanway Williams for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you, John McKenzie, as always, always from pleasure. All Stats, aren't we? Next week, we're going to be back reflecting on the two games that we discussed and looking ahead, of course, to the clash with Millwall. It's going to be very exciting because they're on right after us now. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 